So today, I'm very excited to introduce this guest. His name is Rahul Rai. Um, in a span of, I don't know, a year, year and a half, uh, he's amassed over 3.2 million followers across Instagram and TikTok, which I think is yeah. absolutely insane. So congratulations on that uh, accomplishment, man. Like, that's Thank you. insane. So I just want to kind of get started with, there's two aspects of it. You have two brands. One is preaching financial literacy through your yeah. layman investor account. And that yeah. was one of the first stuff that was pulled to my For You page because my yeah. algorithm was basically shooting like yeah. side yeah, hustles. It's, it's interesting to hear how people hear about me. Yeah. Uh, because some people are like, oh, I saw your financial literacy stuff first. I saw your acting stuff first. And I'm confused whether this is the same person or if this is two different people or whatever. Yeah. So, so that's the interesting part is people don't really know. Wait, I thought you were an actor. Oh, wait, I thought you were into investing. Oh, wait. But then it's really just, it's just me doing all this different types of stuff. Yeah. And what I saw that you had like the layman investor is basically all your accounts is linked to this one brand, which is like layman investor, Instagram, and then all your yeah. financial literacy page, your link tree is completely separate. They yeah. don't kind of intermerge. And then you have your acting account, which links to your YouTube yeah. and your real Rahul Rai on Instagram and TikTok. So it seems like you've kind of separated the two pretty well in the sense that it is still your brand but you're managing them as like two silos? It's two separate, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That's, I did that on purpose because it was just easier for me to organize everything on the back end uh, in terms of like messaging, DMs, comments, uh, emails. And then eventually if I, if I start to monetize stuff and like merch and blah, 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 uh, I just feel like people are gonna want one or the other. So if I say, so, so like monetizing the acting brand with the merch, right. I don't know if the, you know, I don't know if the people on the fi financial literacy uh, side would be kind of into it. Right. But, but there is a lot of crossover in terms of followers and, and people. So like they kind of do the work for me now too. It's mm -hmm. like, wait, is this the same guy? And then they're in the comments mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's the same guy. He does acting and he talks about fine. So it, it's kind of a cool thing because now the people are, slowly yeah. taking over and also kind of speaking on my behalf at times right and you know it is your brand at the end of the day so it will yeah. merge later so yeah. when did this start like this content creation journey and at what point did you realize oh my god this is going to be big yeah um it started really in 2019 is when i started the layman investor and i started mostly on instagram gotcha and then i would and then i would sporadically uh uh, post on my acting stuff in 2019 then I got more consistent then a friend of mine <clears throat> told me about TikTok at the end of 2019 so October and that's when I started making TikToks and then it didn't really blow up until maybe like I didn't really get that serious about it maybe until January February right and I was just consistently making content and then the lockdown happened so then I didn't have anything else to do uh except make content. So I just make content, content, content. And I think I had started the layman investor TikTok page maybe in like April or May. So a little later. Um, interesting. That's interesting because when I saw your content, it was April <clears throat> and I just had fired up my TikTok app and it was just shooting me layman investors. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was like around end of March, April. I was like, I got to start a TikTok thing for this also because it would just be smart. And, right. uh, and I was like, oh, it's extra work, but it's probably worth it in the long run. And then now it is, it has been very effective. So I'm very thankful I made that adjustment and took on that extra workload to do it. Yeah. Like, and looking at that, you started taking it seriously in February, March, that's less than a year that mm -hmm. all this traction has come in place. That's just like, it just shows you the amount of opportunity that is in there. If you just like, you know, divert yeah. focus into this one thing. And at what point did you start pumping out content like religiously in the sense that I'm going to do seven a day, this seven a day. Yeah. Here. I think um, with the acting, it was really in January and then a layman investor was really uh, around like April, like March, April. And eventually what it became was like just full-time content creation and making about 18 pieces a day on my acting brand and then making another nine pieces for the layman investor. I've now since reduced that okay. uh, because it's just not, it wasn't sustainable for me. And then other opportunities are coming. And then I also want to grow YouTube. So right. I need to kind of free up some time, but that's right. really, 
a bulk of, I guess, my source of growth on both pages, just hammering out content every single day in high quantity and hopefully high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that really helped. Now, I think, I don't know, I think things are changing a little bit in terms of, I don't know, maybe the algorithm. I don't pay too much attention to it, but I've seen how me making 18 pieces, it might have been working against me for the last couple of, maybe the last month or so. So I've, I've since reduced. Um, but yeah, right. it, it's, been, it's been great. So how many pieces of content are you doing right now? Because you're also doing YouTube now, yeah. which requires more investment, I guess, in terms of yeah, production. It, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So in terms of TikTok and my acting brand, I'm making maybe four to six pieces. Okay. And then with the layman investor, I'm making about three pieces, three to four. Right. Um, and then that gives me time to make YouTube content and uh, trying to make at least one video a week for YouTube um, right. on both pages. And, um, and then I'll cross pollinate. So right. I, can, I can use some clips from YouTube yeah. and put them on TikTok and vice versa. Right. Yeah, I've definitely seen that uh, you're using your YouTube videos on TikTok, uh, which is obviously very smart. Um, no, that's very interesting because, you know, with the algorithm and I'm glad you brought that up because TikTok algorithm, I've never been able to really figure it out. And yeah. I don't know if you pay attention to it or you just focus on like just pumping content and just see yeah. what works. Yeah, it's really that. But what I have noticed is maybe what I was doing and it was working for a little bit, but then eventually it may have been shooting me in the foot. It was basically, I, I may have just been clogging the system for myself. So me pumping out literally every like five minutes, I was just pumping out a new, a new piece, a new piece, a new piece, right. a new piece. And that may have been working against me a little bit. And so making the adjustment, like in terms of analytics, everything is down. Okay. Like my views, my new followers, uh, the TikTok creator fund, therefore, like, like to me, what I had to do was I had to check my own ego, which was very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had to take the L in terms of analytics. Right. Uh, so now everything is down, but I have more creative space. I have less stress. I have less, it's, I'm, it's, it's more about sustainability because you got to play the game. For me, I have to play the game for the next 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. So if I'm pumping out 18 pieces a day and burning myself out on one platform and not being able to do it on another platform, it's not going to be sustainable and it's not even going to be very enjoyable for me. For sure. So it's a mix of a lot of things like that, that, that's the thing about, I don't know, I guess creating entrepreneurship, whatever, whatever got you to where you are now, it's not going to help get you to the next place. You have to, you're at a different level. So now you have to innovate. Now you have to maybe scale back and then focus on another platform, but still make content, but maybe make different types of content and, 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 now you have to fail more so in the public eye, which is tough, but right. the game evolves as you evolve. No, it's really interesting you say that because I thought it was like me or even some other people that I've been talking to. And in December, I grew 10,000 followers. It was pretty fast. And then mm-hmm. mid-Jan, I saw this like drop as well. And I started yeah. hearing the same thing with other creators on Clubhouse who are creating content on TikTok. So I'm not sure what's happening with the algorithm or is it just now getting saturated and we're at that point now where there are more creators and less, uh, more, uh, less consumers. So we've come yeah. near that saturation point where that organic reach doesn't have that power anymore. That's yeah, my theory. I mean, maybe, but then, you know, there are people out there that are just making millions of views every video. So to me, like I have faith in good content, like if content pops, it pops. Right. Uh, whether that means you're making 18 pieces a day and one of them pops or you're making two or three pieces a day and one of them pops. Right. Content will pop if it, if it pops. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it really, again, it's a humility check as well because it, it forces you, you can't play the game for the vanity. You, you got to play the game for the true fans. Right. The people that are commenting, DMing, emailing. Yep. Those are the people that, are the ones that you have to start paying more and more attention to and get fuel from and get motivated by rather than, Oh, I made a video that made that got a million mm-hmm. views. That's what's going to motivate me for tomorrow because right. that's not going to happen regularly enough, but those true fans, they're going to show up every day. Right. So, so the responsibility as a creator, I think 
should be more placed on those people rather than the views or the money or it, it's tough though because like it's tough because you finally hit a home run finally in your life and it's like fuck now i have to now not be so attached to the to the it's hard not to be attached to the vanity of life right but i feel like you almost need that humility check from the start because when you have zero followers and you're creating content and you're yeah. basically hitting like five ten hundred views when you're starting out unless like some reason it pops but you need that humility very early in the game as well to actually yeah. get traction in that yeah. space. But yeah. I guess that changes when you get the amount of traction that you did and you get used to this new baseline of yeah. like insane yeah. traction. Yeah. So I don't want to ta- tap into like the early days because one of the re- reasons that I'm doing this is to add value to people who are just hesitant in starting out. Um, and a lot of it is also based on like judgment and just scared mm-hmm. of putting themselves out there. Um, how was your experience starting out? And especially, you know, South Asian background, going off the linear path, acting career, all of that. How does that all fit in and how did you navigate through it in a nutshell? Um, yeah. would love to talk about that. And, yeah. Sure. Well, for, I always had the backing of my parents to become an actor. Okay. So right then and there, I relate to basically zero stories about parents pushing their kids to become doctors. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, 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 I'm lucky in that way and privileged in that way. But I will say that going down this, the route of social media to garner attention is still relatively new. I mean, it's new to me, but it's also new, I think, just as a, as a whole for people that are actors, I suppose. I think people live in a vi- very bifurcated way. So they think I'm either on social media mm-hmm. or I'm a proper actor. Right. And I'm not going to do both because this is beneath me. Right. Right. which it's not actually right. because it of shouldn't course. be that way because it's it's it 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 it's it gives you a very powerful form of leverage called attention and that attention right. can be used to create opportunities in this higher form which you call art but right. what i will say is like um the hesitation and the insecurities are there a lot they they dwindle every now and then but then they come back in new forms when you start leveling up so like for me in the beginning, it was just making content was kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, okay, now I found my thing with the lip syncs and the dance. Cool. Now can I use my actual voice? So that became kind of nerve wracking. That was like really nerve. It was like, I was like sweating kind of making while making wow. content. And it's how did like, you, how did you overcome that? You just do it. Like I, like the way I'm trained as an actor is like, you just have to do the things that scare you and you have to keep going and you have to keep pushing um, because you know, it's necessary. There's a part of you, it's an instinct that says like, we have to do this. Right. And then from there, the next level of insecurity was rather recently of like, okay, well, I have this system in place that is working, but it's not sustainable. So now I have to cut content down and maybe just solely focus on four or five, six pieces, and let's try to make them original with my own voice. Right. That becomes the next level of insecurity. Now I've kind of surpassed that. And now I'm in a groove where like, okay, I, I believe, I, I really do think even making less content in terms of the metrics, I can hit the same numbers I was hitting before. Right. I really do believe that. I really think that's, that's possible. Um, and then, and then, and then, yeah, whatever the next challenge is, it is. I don't know what it will be, but right. who knows? Uh, you said but, a few interesting things, yeah. Yeah, uh, go on, go on. Yeah, especially about the attention piece where nothing's beneath you because I find it the other way. This gets you on the map to get you the opportunities you will need as an actor. For example, that time Jennifer Lopez put you on her page. Yeah. Like how yeah. crazy is that? You would never yeah. have imagined that kind of opportunity sitting in your room creating content. So it's yeah. really the other way. And yeah. it reminds me of something that Gary Vee said recently that kind of made me think in a very extreme way. It's like we're media producers first, like companies first and everything else later. Like that's yeah. where we're at right now with the world in the sense that content is who you are and how you get attention for anything you want to do. Yep. So interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, you know who Ray Kroc is? No, I don't. Ray Kroc is the founder of McDonald's. I believe that's his name, okay. Ray Kroc. Okay. 
Okay. And uh, if you watch the movie, The Founder with Michael Keaton, you'll see this scene. But like, basically when the truth was unfolded to him and illuminated to him about McDonald's, the game completely changed. So up until that point, he thought he owned a burger flipping company, right. a fast food company. And it was brought to his attention that, listen, you don't own a fast food company. On the surface, yes, what you have underneath and what the business that you really are in is real estate. Right. McDonald's is a real estate company. Right. So once he understood that, the game completely changed and he could scale and he could start now really making moves. To me, that's what I've come to understand uh, as an actor is that on the surface, I'm in the acting game, but really the underlying infrastructure and the real truth is that I'm actually in the game of entrepreneurship. Right. That's and so once I start attacking that way, now I can be like, you know, I don't like learning this skill, but I got to learn that skill called social media. I don't like that skill called selling and marketing. I got to learn that. I don't like this thing called taxes. I got to learn that. I don't like this thing called incorporating myself. I got to learn that. Right. I don't like this thing called investing money. I got So now you start actually playing the game like an entrepreneur, which will then make you more of an owner, which will then increase your probabilities of actually doing the stuff that you want to do. Right. I see that uh, me and you both follow Naval Ravikant, which I think yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's amazing. And he says this all the time is like in the future, we're all going to be entrepreneurs. We're all going to be mm -hmm. creative. That's the future. And um, working remotely. Yes, exactly. Um, which is a good way to switch gears into talking about your side hustle and financial literacy yeah. journey. Um, yeah. When did that start? Like was acting first or financial literacy came in later? What was uh, I was always interested in investing. I remember uh, my earliest memory of it is like, I distinctly remember my sister driving me to Bank of America to open up a CD account. Right. And she was the first one to like really um, talk about investing and being smart with money and whatnot. So it was always there from that early age. And then post-college, I had some money sitting in, um, in my savings account. Didn't know what to do with it, but I wanted to invest it. Nobody around me knew what to do with it. So I just had to start teaching myself. And then over the years, I just kept learning, 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 not making moves, but just learning and feeling like I, there's more, there's more. I got to right. learn it. I got to figure it out because it's important. And then in like 2019 is when things really started accelerating because I started finding the right resources. I started finding the right books and it started clicking. And then I started executing. And then I got really passionate about it. And I was like, telling all my friends about it. Like mm -hmm. you got to invest your money, index funds, make money work for you. You're not investing. It's going to set you up very poorly for the future, but nobody cares. And I was also having the same conversation at, at separate events with different people. And I was like, right. why don't I just centralize all of this right. via social media? At first I started a blog, but I don't really blog as much because I don't enjoy it as much as just mm -hmm. making content and right. just like being in front of the camera. Right. Um, so that's when the layman investor was born in, I think January and like January 25th, 2019. And then once you start like teaching something, your fundamentals in that thing become really strong. Like that's what happened to me. I, I was, I was tutoring economics in college and my fundamentals just shot mm -hmm. through the roof. So all the advanced level economic classes were just a breeze for me because my fundamentals were so strong and I didn't need to review anything. Yeah. You're just on repeat. Yeah. You're finding creative ways to say the same thing over and right. over and over. Yeah. And that's the classic example of cross pollination. All the skills you're learning here, you can apply to your acting account yep. and then the merchandise yep. that goes there. It's like, you can always cross learn and apply that. Nothing's like separate. Every learning will be applied everywhere else. 100%. Which is, so in terms of side hustles right now, you're selling merch to your acting account. You're yeah. doing affiliate marketing through the yeah. click funnel, which you reach yeah. all the time. Um, and then brand deals once in a while, I guess, through TikTok. Um, so, I, so are those your three main sources of income right now? Are you looking at other places? Like, how does that look like and where you see yeah, it going? So, so right now, what's really popping for me is the affiliate marketing with ClickFunnels. Right. Um, just because it's, I, I just think it's so much value. Like I, like, I only do affiliate marketing for ClickFunnels because of that course I took, the One Funnel Away Challenge. Right. And that helped me build the infrastructure for the merch. Right. 
because I was doing the merch and I was like going through again, shoot first, aim later, just doing, doing, doing. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. And then I found, oh, Wix integrated with mm-hmm. Printful. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's like a storefront. All right, now I understood that. But there's still got to be a better way. Mm-hmm. And then I was, again, like, this is the beauty of social media is you, it's a networking platform. So right. the layman investor opened me up to the side hustle world and all the people in there. So I met right. a really great guy. His name is Adrian Brambia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does affiliate marketing galore. And he's like the king of it. And super- he introduced me to the books by Russell Brunson, which then got me to ClickFunnels. And then another friend of mine in the investing world was like, you got to take the one funnel away challenge. That's how I took that. Then that's how I was able to scale the merch and like create the boyfriend collection and then put all these digital products in, create eventually then like a subscription service. So now I have some like recurring income, passive income, right? It's like that one course then got me to think in all these different ways. And now when I'm like hearing people like, hey, here's how I made 10 grand in one week. Here's how I made 100K in a month. It's like, that is not actually impossible anymore right that's very i get how i know the basic infrastructure of how they're doing it now right now once i know that i can then it's up to me to then commit and execute on my own platform so that's why the ofa challenge is so key because it'll give you that fundamentals those abcs so that when everybody else is doing it you're like oh they're doing that they got an email list they're sharing their story they're probably leveraging a funnel and creating valuable offers instead of just giving just one product they're tying yeah. right so now you see behind the matrix right it's the same thing with financial literacy when somebody's making ten thousand dollars a month you're like dude i know exactly how you're doing it mm-hmm. i understand how you're mm-hmm. making this tax-free passive income mm-hmm. real estate oh you structured it as an llc i get it now mm-hmm. so once sure. you get it then you can start executing because you have clarity right. and you have context and you have perspective yeah so that's why I like preach what I preach and just preach about the same books in the same course, because it'll give you that fundamental uh, baseline for you to understand how the people that are higher up chapters ahead of you are actually doing it. Right. There was this one uh, content that you did was on the person sending fish hooks and making millions. Yeah. Like how crazy is yeah. that? It's just like absolutely yeah. insane. And that's, that's subscription. Like the subscription end of it is where you really get to scale because when you have a subscription service, it puts less pressure on you every month to make new sales. Right. So when I'm selling t-shirts, I might sell $5,000 worth of t-shirts this month. Right. But next month it resets to zero. Right. But if I sell $5,000 worth of subscriptions, I get that same income next month. Granted, people are still subscribed and they will stay subscribed if again, you give something of value. Right. That is now, how do we incorporate that into the whole infrastructure that we're trying to build behind the merch, behind the whatever. Yeah. I never looked at subscription in that sense, but that makes total sense. Like that makes yeah. total sense because you anticipate like, Hey, who's going to give up their email, but that's where you just scale and generate long-term value as opposed to a one-time sale. Yep. Um, and obviously you're generating a lot of organic traffic from TikTok, right? So have, mm-hmm. and this is something I think about a lot right now. Like, I mean, I don't have a huge following, but I'm trying to build, build, build. And then I have like this e-com business. And what I think about a lot is like, right now I'm able to generate organic reach through TikTok, just like yourself. Um, mm-hmm. But have you thought about what happens if you don't have that one platform of organic I reach? Know. And what is, what is the plan B? It's something I think about a lot. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts because I'm sure it's something yeah. you think about a lot as well. Yeah, like I think that's why me making the move to make less TikTok content to give myself the space to create on YouTube is such mm-hmm. an important step. It might be an L financially from the TikTok creator fund in the short term, right. but in the long term, it's a smarter move because now I'm diversified in terms of my content because I'm creating on two different platforms. Right. I think that's a big step in the right direction. Paid ads are probably maybe something I should learn about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know too much about it, but I know that's a great way to do it. Um, mm -hmm. Another thing that I've started doing is texting and getting people to text me. So creating that SMS texting community, which I I have found uh, is a great way to um, close deals. And and because everybody just wants to text, nobody wants to jump Mm -hmm. on the phone, FaceTime. Even I don't because it's just so much time, but getting people to DM me, getting people to, 
so like basically funneling people to the DMs, funneling people to the text community. It, it, it adds more, especially that text thing, it adds a, a layer of, not to make it like sexual, but like intimacy. Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes it much more, it's like more me to you. It's like, it's like a closer relationship than the DMs and email. Right. Me texting you and you texting me is like a much more closer relationship. So now I can have like conversations with you because you know I'm texting you. Right. And for me to text you requires much more time than for me to just make content. So that's a very active way of selling, which is helping me. And now the passive way of selling that I want to start creating for the OFA, especially the OFA challenge is a sales funnel. How much time does texting take? Seems like does I spend like, I don't know, two to three hours a day on it. Right. In the evening. That's a decent amount of time. But that's, that's how I'm able to make that those two to three hours a day right now are, are helping me make like, I don't know, three to five K a month. Wow. For affiliate marketing. Wow. So it, it, again, like it, it's the hustle and I don't know how sustainable it is, but right now I can buy myself time. Right. To improve my skills. Right. And do you shoot all your content, by the way, on your iPhone? Yeah. So that's basically it, right? And something yeah. I was thinking about in terms of side hustle and affiliate marketing, uh, his name is Adrian. I forget his last name. Bram- Brambia. Brambia, yeah. yeah. And one thing that I thought about just yesterday was like, I'm shooting all these videos and all that. I can just start making like commercials for like affiliate marketing products and start yep. doing paid ads and yep. using that skill to generate that. And that's one of the things that I thought about is like going away from the dependency on just TikTok is one of, yeah. one of the ways. Um, yeah, so- I mean, the things start, like, if you just start doing, if you just start the, and you just consistently just do, 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 the ideas will start coming to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like I had this master plan from zero being like, so it's going to happen in six months, then in 12 months, I'm going to execute on this. Then I, the, the idea, like I fell into affiliate marketing by accident. Right. Because I wanted to do merchandise. Right. Because why did I want to do that? Because I wanted to find a way to monetize my brand. So that led me to affiliate marketing. Right. And now I'm doing affiliate. So now it's like, oh, okay. Now I understand to some degree affiliate marketing. I have a system in place that's working relatively well. Now maybe I can help other people and like not teach it, but like educate on it a little bit, tutor on it. Right. So that's how you create more leads. That's how you create more content. It's like a right. self-fulfilling yeah, for sure. 100%. Cycle, yeah. And so in a full day, you're creating content and doing the side hustle, all this stuff, the texting, um, the merch. And I've seen you on your YouTube video clicking manual orders from your click funnel to adjust the sizing to get your orders out, yeah. um, which is just fascinating. So in total, when I look at this entire day, how many hours are we talking? And do you feel burnouts and how do you deal with it at all? Yeah, I think now I don't feel as burnt out because again, I've reduced my content creation right. on TikTok. So that's freed up a lot of time. Um, I probably, I mean, I start my, I wake up at seven. I start my day at like eight thirty, eight to like answering emails and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I go into like six or seven, like six, but then I'll still be answering emails. Not uh, I'll be answering emails. I'll be looking at texts. I'll be so like I'm. My mind is always in the game. So for me, a big challenge is actually taking time off. It's a very difficult thing for me to do. Uh, I'm learning it slowly. That's like a skill for me to. That's tough for me to learn. For other people, it's like, dude, just like take a day off. Yeah. It's it's not that simple because the. Like, I guess when you're doing everything on your own and right now I can do it because the volume isn't high mm-hmm. in terms of sales and right. like, there's certain things I would have to then defer to a VA and maybe I will do that if I hit certain volume. Right. But right now I don't really need to. Um, but, but, um, but the burnout, here's what I've learned and here's the biggest lesson I learned in 2020 is that if I'm disciplined, it can out, discipline outworks talent and it outworks inspiration. I think inspiration is an emotional thing. Motivation is an emotional thing. Emotions are not only ephemeral, but they're, um, they ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. 
So if you are tied to your emotions to get stuff done, you're not going to be consistent enough to mm -hmm. actually get it done. But if you're disciplined, which I think is more you're tied to a sense of responsibility, then you can do it hungover. You can do it heartbroken. You can do it like sad. You can do it depressed. Mm -hmm. You can do it anxious. So I learned in 2020 that if I'm just disciplined, then I can show up and do the work and I can get the reps in, even right. if I'm not feeling it. I can still make on the surface great content, but inside I'm not feeling it. Right. And that was a huge illumination to me. Right. Because there's like this big thing where people need to feel creative to get some yeah. good content out there. But to your point, if you have a good system, I think of it less as discipline and more as systems in place on a daily basis. Yeah. Like I have a system where I'm going to go work out one hour, just like ingrained. That's yeah. just, I don't think it's discipline because it's just so ingrained. It feels like, Oh, waking up. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you obviously don't take weekends off cause you have that full days every day, just yeah. like a cycle all, all the yeah. time. I'll take time off in the day. Okay. Like maybe I'll be like, yo, today it's Sunday. I made my content. It's 4 p.m. Let me just chill and watch Netflix. Right. And I'll do, you do like, stuff like that, but I won't take a full day off. Yeah. But is there like a certain aspect in your routine on a daily basis where it's like, oh, this is like me taking like, like, for example, like it could be working out, meditation. Yeah. yeah. So the mornings are like that for me. So I yeah. don't touch my phone for the first hour and a half, hour <sighs> and 45. That's hard. Day. Yeah, it's, that's not so difficult for me personally, because I'm, yeah, it's, it's harder for me to do that at night. Gotcha. It's harder for me to unplug for the same hour and a half from like, let's say eight to nine 30. That's really, I don't know, maybe it's because I have all this momentum in the day of being on the phone and I'm like, okay, maybe I can make one more sale. Maybe right. I can make, maybe I have an idea for a piece of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But when I'm coming off of sleep, I can just right. continue that momentum until 8.39. Yeah, but the thing is when you wake up and especially when you're producing the content that you are, you probably have like tons of notifications, stuff happening, orders, all well, that. I put, I, put my, I, I put my phone on airplane mode. Ah, smart. Overnight and smart. do not disturb. So I don't smart. see notifications. Smart. Um, so that way I don't know what, what, what's waiting for me, <laughs> which sometimes makes it a little stressful when I finally do open the email. But it's right. important that... that that morning routine is very important to me right? Um, because it, it helps me just kind of get the mind focused for whatever the day. What does that look like? The morning routine? Yeah. The morning routine is basically I wake up at seven um, and then I'll drink some water, like a good like liter of water. And then I'll uh, shower and all that stuff then come out then do some morning stretches because I think I have a bad back or a tight back. I have to like stretch every morning. Um, and then, uh, and then I'll do a little bit of meditation and some like, um, breathing exercises and, um, yeah, some breathing exercises. And then I will, and then what? And then, uh, oh, and then I'll like, uh, I do this thing where it was taught to me. Someone told me to do this. Basically like you stand in front of the mirror and you point to yourself and you just talk. Mm -hmm. Like whatever you want to say, you say it, I guess they're kind of like affirmations in a way. Right. And, but it's kind of just like what it's helped me do is just focus the mind and like have a good morning conversation with myself. Right. So that I've got the right mind going forward. And just to remind myself, like, listen, like this is another day. Today we create, today we create again today, whatever problems come, we figure out, we figure out solutions. That's what we do. Day in, day out, day in, day out. Basically, right. some somewhere along that. And then I get the day started and go straight to the email and see what's waiting for me. And then um, and then I'll make some breakfast. And then by like 9, 9.30, I'll start making content. Nice. Um, and do you have an aspect of like working out? Because you seem like yes. you're active. So w what do you do? Like do you, because yeah. dancing could seem like it's a good workout. I see you breaking a oh, sweat, yeah. right? Yeah. So dance is like my form of cardio. Nice. And then now... Um, because of the pandemic. So now everything is at home. So yeah, I do a lot of calisthenics. So push-ups, gotcha. um, push-ups, um, what are they called? Lunges and squats, right? Jumping jacks, stuff like that. So I basically do this workout by David Goggins. I don't know if you know who he is. No, I don't. But, uh, if you, he's another great guy to, uh, to research and look okay. up his content on YouTube, he's a, a badass. All right. But he just does these crazy workouts of just like, Hey, 
We're going to do lunges for the next three minutes, four minutes. I'm not going to count. We're just going to go. And then we're going to jump to squats and do that for five minutes straight. Nice. You're going to go back and do lunges for three minutes and then do that for like a half hour and whatever. So it ends up being a good, um, I guess, muscle building workout. Right. Do you do jump rope at all? Um, that's one of the things I picked bit. up in the pandemic. Uh, yeah. And one of my e-com business that I'm starting is called Jim in a Bag. Oh, and nice. just like on the concept of helping people stay fit either on the go or at home. Yeah. And I just have two lines of product right now. One's a jump rope and the other is resistant bands. So if nice. you're into a jump rope, I'll send you one. Uh, check it sure. out. Um, you know, uh, I'll make some informative videos is where I want to go with it. Teach people how to do jump rope and just like all the variations. Yeah. And that's my plan with it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's been like an incredible thing that I've stumbled across because you can do that anywhere. And it's fun because I can run. I just find it so boring. So that was one of my ways of like having fun with cardio, to be honest. Running is, is, is that's a mind torture thing. Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, when I see people running, they don't look happy. <laughs> no, they don't. But some of them can just go on forever yeah. and ever and ever. And that's really amazing. Yeah. That level of cardio. Yeah. Um, and just like, I have a few things before we sign off to cover, sure. like, especially with your attention that you've gotten over the last year, have there been any negative side effects or stuff that would be like, man, this has been overwhelming, like getting all these like people DMing me, all of that, or you've been personally just been able to cope with it pretty well. Yeah, the DMs are okay. I think what, what sometimes is, uh, sometimes because now I have attention, you, you, I sometimes have to, sometimes my, very few times, but maybe a couple of times people misinterpret the content and then like, the DMs go crazy in the negative direction. It's like, oh, guys, like, this is not what I meant to do. Like, this is what my, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So sometimes like that happens or something that I find funny actually might be triggering for somebody else. And I didn't know that. And I, and, and I would never have to think about that in the past because, mm-hmm. again, nobody would really care. But now you're at this another level where people can hang on to, to a lot of what you say and what you do. And so now you have to maybe self-reflect a little bit and get a little right. smarter and get a little mm-hmm. more um, or you just go in the complete opposite direction and just like don't just, care like this is the content you deal that's with hard it. that's so hard to do and you know what i'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the things i wanted to ask you is like the hate comment and the cancel culture is the one thing that scares me when something shoots off like you i might have said something in, in in a rant which i didn't think about and if mm-hmm. that takes off you start seeing comments come in and yeah. sometimes there's a lot of friction in the comments and yeah. you're like did I like say that? So how do you yeah. deal with that? And like, what's your yeah. experience? If, if, yeah. if I, 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 here's the thing, like, I only have control over my intention of the content. Yeah. And I know always my intentions are for pure entertainment, humor. I'm never trying to actually hurt people. I might do that inadvertently, but my intentions are always good and sincere and genuine. I've also learned that the interpretation of my content, and I'm still wrestling with this idea and still thinking it over, but I feel like the interpretation of anything says more about the interpreter than the piece of art. So if you get triggered by something that someone is not purposely trying to trigger you on, but you get triggered, I think that says more about you than the piece of art that you're consuming. Now we live in a very subjective arena. So there is no right interpretation. There is no wrong interpretation. So if you put out a joke and, or you put out a piece of content and there are good comments and bad comments, quote unquote, or triggered Mm -hmm. comments and positive comments, like people, this is funny. This is terrible. Which one is right? Well, because we live in a subject, it's a subjective reality. They're both right. Right. It's just up to you as a content creator of who you're going to listen to and who you're going to double down on and whether you're going to look at the negative side and be like, hmm, let me take a step back and maybe there is something for me to reassess as a creator. I personally have done that. Other people, I personally have done that with certain pieces. Other pieces may have triggered people and I'm like, nah, I'm not, that's, there's, that you're just making this up. This is not triggerable, let's mm-hmm. say. So you've Other taken down pieces like, of content. I've never taken down pieces. Okay. Of, uh, okay. I, no, I have taken down pieces okay. of content. 
and I have made apology videos, but oh, only because yeah. I felt like, you know what, maybe I didn't check myself a little bit um, with certain pieces. And I was like, oh, this could, this, oh, I could see how people are triggered by this. All right, I'll take it down. Um, right. Other times it's like, mm, no, I, but, but it doesn't happen that often. But it's, it's something that I've, it's come up that I, it's made me think like, you know, this is a subjective reality. And mm -hmm. again, I control my intention. So if, right. if my intention was such, and then certain people are getting triggered and I'm affected by them being triggered, now I have to take a step back and self reflecting be like, okay, maybe we don't make content on that theme as much, or if we're going to do it, we're a little more nuanced and the execution is smarter. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a content creator kind of a yeah. thing. Yeah. It's, it's on you. Intention is key, obviously, um, but you, you can't help but, you know, when you see the negative comments and we've seen people being completely canceled and that's like the scary, the ex other extreme of it that is probably yeah. the fear side of things. Um, but if you're like authentic, like I think in volume that works on your favor in the long run, yeah. Yeah. as opposed to one small thing that you did. Yeah. Um, no, that's very interesting. And what would you basically, as we close off, would you say to the people who are looking to start out, who are just like super hesitant, putting themselves out there? Um, yeah, I think this is what I would say, and this is what I've come to understand. Uh, I think this whole thing is a game. Like life, in, 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 when we're talking about the material side of life, maybe not the spiritual side of life, but the material stuff, like whatever you want, we're all after something. There's money, fame, the Oscar, the this or that. It's, it ultimately, I think, is a game. And the game centers around this thing called leverage. And leverage is anything that you own or have that gives you more weight and more influence and more power. And without it, you don't have that power. And in today's society, the two biggest forms of leverage is money and attention. If you have one or the other, great. If you have both, now you can start changing the very infrastructure and fabric of society. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that you want, whatever it is that you're after, you need more attention on you and you need to respect money. Right. So that way, once you, when you have the millions and millions of dollars and you have the attention and your cause is, hey, uh, child trafficking needs to end, hey, mm -hmm. environmental stuff needs to change, hey, um, poverty in LA needs, now you have the money and the attention and you can deploy. Yeah that, yeah, that totally resonates with me because I didn't think of it that way. I didn't start off because of, hey, attention is the game, but I learned as I was creating, it's like, yeah. I kind of have to do this for the long run for whatever it is that I want to do, anything like yeah. business, uh, philanthropy, anything, right? You need to get attention. There's, there's nothing inherently sleazy about it. There's nothing, it's not like, when you respect, here's the thing, when you respect money, it's not about being greedy, but at the same time, and here's the catch 22 of it all, is when you have such attention and you have so much money, it can become very corruptible. Mm -hmm. Unless you somehow, and I don't know how you do this, but people, we all individually have to keep reminding ourselves of of the starting point where nobody gives a shit about you and nobody listened to you and nobody paid you a dime. So where I'm at right now, where you're at right now, we cannot forget because when you do have the millions and you do have the millions of followers, it's going to be very easy to forget. And then the power corrupts and then you become that 1% greedy bastard that everybody hates. Mm -hmm. But that's not the reality that has to happen. If you're somehow able to maintain the humility and perspective of where you started. Right. So you could be the millionaire billionaire with the huge amount of tension that goes and cures cancer and not tries to fucking steal the fresh water of the planet. Right. It's very hard to do that because money corrupts and it can corrupt very, very quickly. And attention can corrupt very quickly because it gives you access to so many things. Yeah. And I'm sure you speak a bit from experience as well. Have you had like a kind of like a aha moment where like, man, I need to like check myself or I need to like, you know, remind myself of why I'm doing this when you're like deep into it or were you like so grounded in like your own humility and reality? That's not a conversation you needed to have with yourself. Well, well, I actually heard, I, I watched a really great uh, interview of Chamath 
I forgot his last name, Paolo Pitya. Okay. But he was a Facebook executive. Right. And now he's a, he, and then he became a venture cap and then, and, and he's got like some really great content online, but he was talking about this. Right. And so that got me thinking a lot about, so I'm kind of just quoting him to be honest, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I think even in my own way, it's like, sometimes we get a little too, I get a little too maybe attached to the money and attached to like, okay, let's make some money. Let's, let's, this day is not complete because I did not, this day was not good because I did not hit X amount of views and didn't make X amount of dollars. Right. That's not a great way to go about it. Yeah, no, that's very interesting because I remind myself, of, this is the only way I keep myself grounded is I remind myself of death. Like, honestly, like I can have all this, but tomorrow I might just go and die. So I might as well be yeah. maximizing now in my reality because yeah. money is so material. It's just going to go away when, once you die and it can happen yeah. anytime. But within the time we have left, it beca- it's so important. Yeah, for sure. 100%. It's a weird, it's a weird uh, I don't know, between a rock and a hard place kind of a thing. Yeah. And I mean, you see it happen, right? Like people in the limelight, they end up changing uh, a lot and go different ways. Um, But, you know, we have people like we follow like Naval Ravikan and stuff that have so much humility. Like you can't tell this guy's a multimillionaire in the way he talks. And, you know, that's having like sound philosophies. Uh, uh, Have you read his book, uh, The Almanac? Like such a great book. Oh, no, I'm going to add it to my list. No, The Almanac of Naval Ravikan is just an absolute gem. Really? Okay. If you love, if you love Naval, yeah. you will love that book because the guy is like very like non BS. Like he's almost to the point like he might offend people, but he sticks to his truth. And he said something interesting in that book about Buddha. He's like, yeah, uh, the Buddha was like a prince and rich first, and then he got to wander off to the woods. And I was like, that makes total sense. That's a big. He's uh, highly um, influenced, I believe, by Nassim Taleb. Okay. Who's another, he was a guy on Wall Street, made tons of money, but like Nassim, also right. Nassim Taleb. He has a whole, I'm staring at it right now. Yeah. It's called Incerto. It's like a, it's like a one, one, two, three, four. It's like an anthology of four books that he's written. Okay. And it's all about like markets and, and education and how flawed the system is and how there's all these execs and whatnot that, that basically are just bullshitting everything, but they come across as though they are so uh, smart and whatnot, mm-hmm. but everybody thinks that they can predict, yeah. but nobody really can. But like, so he goes into a lot of that, which is really, so he, I think he's very influential in, in Naval's, I think, career and, and whatnot. So, cause he talks about him a lot. Yeah, but, interesting. Uh, I haven't heard uh, Naval really mention him yet, but I'll definitely check him out. Cause I really love that kind of philosophy. Um, I, so I actually, Last time I heard Naval's book was on Clubhouse. So I was going to ask you, are oh, you on Clubhouse? I just got an invite from a friend. Okay. So I got to get it. Yeah. Get it downloaded and put it on. Yeah. That's like the new thing these days, right? Like, um, even if you see Gary Vee and all these big people talk about it, it's gone from like TikTok and now Clubhouse. It's like a podcast world into a social media. It's okay. super fascinating. Like it is, I the level of access you get to people right now, because it's like, exclusive it's kind of strange like i'm in a TikTok, i'm in a room about tiktok creators and the people with me are like five million followers two million i'm the only one i'm like twenty thousand, and on the spot they're going to my tiktok he's like yo let's help you out let's see your tiktok they pull my tiktok profile and they're like oh you're doing great and having that kind of conversation with oh, that level awesome. of people it was like this is very interesting and you had like elon musk come on sunday and the mm-hmm. server just crashed like there were like different rooms for that room it was very interesting i think uh uh, check it out uh, let yeah. me know your thoughts but it's definitely like the new thing these days um, join it I just got the invite so I'm gonna join it nice someone sent you the invite I was like I want to be the person to send Rahul Rai the clubhouse <laughs> invite that's a power move that's, yeah that's, well, I mean if this one doesn't work I'll hit you up yeah for sure man sounds good man and honestly like I really appreciate you like responding to my message and of course you know taking the time out like usually, those are those two to three hours at night man answering those dms and yeah and, uh, and texts so yeah, it, yeah it was that night as well like i was like should i message him in the morning i feel like at night you're more in your space so i was like i'll yeah. just message him at night and what was yeah. interesting was i already had kind of access into your dm because i think we had like this one message exchange in april oh, really? in oh, april nice. when i saw your financial literacy i was i just sent a quick note saying hey man I, love the financial literary stuff and 
you said awesome and that way it was like not on your pending messages Dude, six months from now i'll probably have a hard time getting in touch with you i mean uh, like it no. can change like that so it's very very interesting no yeah for sure like i'm just like focused in the process i generally love going out and recording videos and like post editing like it yeah. doesn't feel like work to me so for the first time in my life rahul i'm in a place where sure i have my nine to five cpa job it's exhausting but when i sit like and that's why I call the show the five to nine. Five it's to like, nine. it's like when I should sit on those hours and I'm doing stuff that I enjoy, yeah. I have the luxury to have that income. Right. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about that. So now I can focus this, these hours on really my passion and make that like wild card bet into be like, maybe I can be like the next big videographer and yeah. it doesn't feel like work and I can possibly create, like I'll do my very own expectations. And that is what this is about. Like people like yeah. daring to like really go for stuff that they wouldn't really like, dare to dream of because we're so stuck in our like own limitations like creating tiktok for me was like a big thing about like yeah. i was so scared because of judgment yeah. of my friends is making fun of me and all that right so now it's like you're laughing at your own insecurities yeah for sure right? That's like what it is. why why am i so it, it, it's how retrospect and hindsight kind of works it's like you laugh at your old problems yeah the problems you're having now six months from now you'll be laughing at those yeah and then six months from then and it's yeah. just a weird pattern of life we fall into yeah, and it all comes down to the one step you have to make and then the next yeah. step. Just focus yeah. on that one step and you look back one year and it's like, I can't believe this just happened. Like, yeah. When you open your TikTok account, you're probably like yeah. one video we'll see and then affiliate marketing. It's, it's a weird, when you, once you take a step back to actually self-reflect, it's kind of crazy how things can, can happen yeah. and uh, accelerate very quickly, exponentially almost. Yeah which is why I believe in like jumping into things, even if you don't know what you're doing at all. Like yeah, yeah. even like when I started this econ business, Rahul, I just ordered the inventory and I was like, I'll figure out how to sell it. Like I'll just get the inventory. This is like, cause you burn your boats, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you have to learn how to sell it. Cause now you have all this yeah, inventory, which yeah, is great. Exactly. So, you know, it'll be an exciting journey. I'd love to stay in touch. Uh, yeah, and, for sure. Uh, it was a very insightful conversation and I hope the audience gets a lot of benefit from it. I mean, I'm just starting out, but I, I've never been as excited of any project that I have been as this one, because it's just like pushing myself into a whole new limit, which I never thought you could not pay me to believe a year ago that I'll be starting a podcast. I was yeah. in such a different place, right? Yeah. So I'm definitely very excited and stay in touch. And That's awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Stop.